Welcome to Spritz and Scrums, a podcast by three Benetton fans with a love for Aperol and all things Rugby Italiano. We're back. We're halfway through the season. Benetton a second in the league. Zebre are not at the bottom. And the Six Nations kicks off in three weeks. Buon 2024! This episode is brought to you by Piave Cheese. Dalle Dolomiti. Well, they didn't give us money. But (laughs) one of our listeners now, our mate, Ricardo, over in Treviso, works for a cheese company and they gave us some cheese. And it's bloody delicious. So it's not actually brought to you by the cheese, but we are enjoying the cheese. Um, Thank you. As far as I'm concerned, it's brought to you by Piave Cheese. Our first non-sponsor sponsors, guys. Very nice of him. Welcome back. We're sorry we've taken a little bit time, too much time off, really. But we're back and we will be back more regularly than we have been as of late. Um, We've just, we've taken too long. We've been busy. Been busy creating online content. And if anyone hasn't seen our online content, do go to our Instagram channel and check it out and follow us and follow us on Twitter and tell everyone you've met and tell everyone your parents have met and tell everyone your kids, don't tell them, don't tell them. Uh, but tell everyone that, you know, is above 18 about this podcast. Why, sorry, why couldn't a 17 year old follow this podcast? Yeah, I know, I don't want to encourage. We swear. Kids. Look, I'm, no, look, I, I'm joking. I, <laughs> I did, I did, I, it sounded wrong when I said. <laughs> tell your kids. Tell, your, tell, tell the friends of your kids. <laughs> Well, we're back and we did take some time off. We had a wonderful New Year's. We were in Treviso for the Derby. Uh, We created, Eddie created that great video. Lots of new followers. So I feel like maybe it might be worth just, it's 2024 guys. Let's introduce ourselves in case we have got new people listening. My name's Ellie. I'm Eddie. And they call me coach. And we are Spritz and Scrums Italian Rugby Podcast. We are three Benetton fans who are now also very partial to Zebre Palmer after they've treated us very well. And we support all things Italian rugby. So if you're interested in learning about Italian rugby, chatting about Italian rugby, gossiping about Italian rugby, either club or in the build up to the Six Nations, do listen, do check us out. We think we're funny. And we can be bored now being Zebre and Piave Cheese fans. Right. Kick us off, coach. What are we talking about first? Talking about the, uh, the derby game. It was a great game, wasn't it? Didn't feel at all nervous. I thought we were going to win. It was just yeah. how we were going to win. I think you're right. I mean, the final um, score, it was a little while ago, so to refresh people, 36-14. Zebra, unfortunately, came away with no points. In the previous derby, the Christmas Eve derby, they came away with one. This time, none, unfortunately. Um, but Benetton were pretty much in control throughout the game. So we had a great time. It was very relaxing as a as a sort of mainly Benetton fan to follow that game. Yeah, I will say that the standard of the game was actually very, very high. And the standard of both games have actually been pretty good because quite often derbies are ugly, low scoring, messy, scrappy affairs. Whereas both of these games have been fairly entertaining electric rugby, which is great to see. Obviously, Stadio Monigo sold out. Before that, 
Stadio Lanfranchi in Parma sold out. So that's two sold out yeah. stadiums for the Italian derbies. Zebre Parma sent a lot of fans over to Treviso. The S155 guys were on fire. Got to say, actually, they were louder than most of the Treviso fans. I might say they were louder than all of the Treviso fans put together. Yeah, I think they, they probably were. It and... was incredible. They came with such energy and they didn't shut up and they don't shut up when they're at home, but they didn't shut up when they were away either. It they was had great. A massive drum. And then when the Treviso fans tried to shut them up by singing, they had a song about how they couldn't hear the Treviso <laughs> fans. Then the Treviso fans tried to sing louder. And then S155 got out their trumpet and drowned everyone out. It was it like a Vuvuzela trumpet? You said it sounded like a horny cow. It did sound like a horny cow. A loud, horny cow. Mah. Do you want me to say that you're a horny cow? Is that what you're trying to... I'm not going to fall for that. That's a trap. I'm not falling for that trap. I wasn't born yesterday. I was trying to imitate it. But yeah, they really did sort of deafen the Treviso crowd, which we've been going to Treviso games now for, what, seven odd years. And the first thing Eddie picked up on was like, it's very quiet. They don't really cheer. They don't chant that much. Uh, they're, they're not really sitting there drinking either, so I guess that probably they're is louder than they it. used to be. They're much yes. louder than they used to be, but they have only got really one chant, which is their Leoni, Leoni, which is great. But the Zebra fans have about twenty songs. Yeah, and you can only really chant that for like what six goes, and then it, it dies out. It's because the average Treviso fan is too wealthy to sing. To sing, yeah, <laughs> they're too rich. They they pay other people to sing for them. Anyway, it was a really fun game to be at. I'm so pleased we went. Um, I was expecting Zebra to have something more in the tank, to be honest, but they never really got into the game where it felt at any point, did I feel sort of nervous, as you say, coach? No. Benetton might lose. No, it was very controlled. Zebra did have their, their spots in the game. Well, they had a purple patch in the middle, but by then Benetton had already got away quite a bit. So, yeah, I mean, I can't remember much of that game now, to be honest. It was a while ago. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the atmosphere. Yeah, pre-match. Do we want to quickly mention pre-match energy and atmosphere? We met up with some other content creators out there. So Notizia di Rugby was out there. The Carbo Rugby guys were out there. Dan Pat Rugby was out there. And we all met for a Perry TV pre-game at a bar nearby, even before the stadium opened. And the Zebra fans were there and they were bearing away at what 11 a.m played a touch rugby game i was on the zebra palmer side uh and we won so well done me did you you didn't win <laughs> we won did you? we won because they said at the end next try wins oh coach was on the benetton team because he would never turn away from the bianco verdi and scored a try i've got it on camera it's true we should share that did we really impressive for someone with gout to run so quickly. <laughs> new year, new me. He's turning over a new leaf. We've got to rush this episode out because he's got to go play tennis later. Yes, got to get rid of that gout with the backhand. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the energy was great. We met up beforehand, then we went to the stadium. It is all a bit of a blur because it was just such a pretty, beautiful, sunny, great day. Um, a couple of rugby highlight- highlights that I do remember. Uh, Seb Negri scored a brilliant try real dancing twinkle toes from the big man there yeah. to get over as did albinoz albinoz scored a fantastic try in the corner uh round was... the back of the rock 
popping around the back yeah. score in the other corner. Mendy yeah. scored in the corner. The Marin versus Montemari didn't disappoint. They both Ooh, had good games. Let me ask you, who came out top? Well, obviously Marin, but it was all good. It was an excellent day, an excellent showcase for Italian rugby. You either watched it or you didn't. Go watch the highlights if you didn't watch it. But now we're coming up to some really important rugby, which is the Challenge Cup, which this weekend for both Benetton and Zebre Palmer is massive. Must win games, both of them. Benetton Rugby away tomorrow night or on Friday night, for whenever you listen to this, at Newcastle. Huge. Newcastle are having a dreadful season in the Premiership. However, as all English teams, and the Premiership is so inward-looking, they will still be thinking that this Italian side is coming over. They'll probably be a bit ignorant to Benetton being second in the league. And I think they'll still, their fans will still think that they should beat Benetton. Yeah. So that's massive. We're not going. The, the North East is very cold <laughs> at this time of year. <laughs> is that why we're not going? It's a big part. It was a consideration. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big part. It is very have, cold. Have you been to Newcastle, Coach? No, but I have been that latitude and it is very cold. I mean, it's very cold in London. I came back, what, yesterday from Rome and it's like Baltic. Yeah, it's really cold. Imagine what they're doing up there. And that will play into Benetton a little bit. Like, that's going to be tricky for them, acclimatising. I mean, it's cold up north in Italy, but I don't think as cold and usually wet as northern England. I know, but they do these things. They're called warm-ups. It's basically where you go out before the game and you run around a bit, you hit some tackle bags, Uh high knees, heel flicks. Jumping jacks. If sometimes they'll do jumping jacks, okay. sometimes they'll do star jumps. A burpee. Um, and, and the point is they're trying to warm their bodies up to play the game. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they should be all right in the cold. But generally the fans don't do a warm up. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm. A talking point for the Benetton game is in the centres where they have Ignacio Brex at 12 and Tommaso Menoncello at 13. That's interesting because it's the other way around to how they're normally listed. Now, I have never played rugby apart from our Touch Rugby Championship last year, which doesn't really count. I didn't realise there was that big a difference. Um, So do you want to tell us why you think that's an interesting talking point? Well, I've chatted to my pen pal who doesn't get a shout out on this very often. And this will be a test to see if he listens. He's the mysterious Alex. Eddie has been chatting to the mysterious Alex for what must be, I'm going to say, coming up to about five years now. Yes. He's my digital friend. And I would be so pissed off if I found out he was AI and doesn't act. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't actually know that it's a he. I'm assuming it's a he. That's true, because Eddie's been chatting to him for about five years. He doesn't have a picture on his Instagram profile. Alex, if you're listening... You know you don't have a picture on your Instagram. So I've been saying to Eddie for years, like, but who is he? She, they, what do they look like? And he has no idea. But they've been chatting. They've been besties for about five years. And I love it. I think it's very cute. And they speak every single week. What I can tell you is that Alex is a source of knowledge. So I put it to him about them playing the other way around. And what he said was, well, normally an attack, Brex is inside Menoncello anyway. That's the way they play. He says Brex is normally an earlier. See, we see that Brex does a lot of 
passes to players running behind him. He is a sort of a receiver type player rather than a sprinter. But in defence, Brex covers that 13 channel and he rushes up and he cuts people down like a hungry Canadian lumberjack. He's my favourite. That's what he does. And so it'll be interesting to see how that affects this because that's not really what a 12... Well, it could do. But no, you can't... For a 12 to rush up and try and cut off that pass is not really done. So it'd be interesting, Alex says, to see if Menoncello covers defensively the 13 channel or if they still leave that to Brex. Right, yes. And what's interesting about this, I think, is that Menoncello, you'd imagine, is pretty nailed on to start in the Six Nations if he's fit. And there aren't many other people playing 13, but there's a few options at 12. So maybe it makes sense to have him at 13 and then the other variations at 12. For example, will Garbisi be playing at 12 with Tomaso Allen at 10? Or has Federico Mori done enough at Bayonne mm. to get his place? Mm. So there's some options at 12. There's less options at 13. Yeah. So I'm really excited to see how this plays out. That's a good point. I, I still don't see a world in which you don't start. For me, like my winning centre pairing is Brex and Menoncello at the Six Nations. Yeah. Maury, yeah, he's doing all right, but he still needs to prove himself to me. Well, yeah, but he's not going to prove himself to you unless he gets back in. I think he's definitely done enough to get back into the Italian squad. What happened with Federico Maury is obviously he was at Bordeaux. He got picked to play against England a couple of years ago. He had a defensive shocker and then was basically left out in the cold by Italy since then. And then at Bordeaux, things were changed. And then he was basically left out by Bordeaux. But now he's at Bayonne and he's getting lots of game time. And he's getting lots of game time in the centres, which is where he should be playing, as opposed to being dumped on the wing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. He's a centre, not a wing. This cheese is so good. Very good. Grazie, Riccardo. Really good cheese. I can't stop eating it. It's a massive game up in Newcastle because Benetton will be looking at the Challenge Cup and hoping they can win it. I hope they can win it. Everyone hopes they can win it. And they've already had their pool group cock up, mm -hmm. which was losing away to the Ospreys. Yeah. They can't afford to have two cock ups in the pool group because they want to play all their knockout rugby, if they're lucky enough to get knockout rugby, in Treviso and not be darting all around scary home grounds in England and France. And just for people who don't know, and even myself as a refresher, you have to come top of your group to guarantee home games basically all the way through? Um, yes, but no, because if one of the other teams that finishes equal to you has more points mm -hmm. in their table, okay. they will be above you. But yes, in theory, you're much more likely. Well, so it is quite interesting because we're at what um, we're going to steal this from the Pirate Rugby podcast that we were on a couple of days ago. Uh, two guys, Welsh guy, um, Hugh and Ender, Irish guy, who run the Pirate Rugby podcast. Check them out on YouTube. They have a ton of subscribers. Anyway, we were on their podcast the other day. They very kindly invited us on and they refer to this period as half term of the URC. So we're halfway through. So, yes, I agree. This is really make or break because we've got a little gap for the, champ the Challenge Cup. The issue down the line will be a little bit like what we've talked about French teams tend to do, which is prioritise their own league over 
the European tournament, if Benetton do go far, it's going to get tricky with kind of prioritizing if they're second in the URC, trying to choose what games you focus on and not focus on. I mean, obviously you go out to win all of them, but you've got to rest people sometime. Sure, but I think Benetton's got a massive squad and a really quality squad. So I think they could basically put out two first 15s. Well, the team they've chosen for tomorrow night is a banger. The team they've chosen for tomorrow night is an absolute banger. And if that team loses, it's a problem. Yeah. They're not going to. Yeah. Well, I, I think they're going to win. And it's going to be interesting to see Zuliani starting at seven. Not that he doesn't always play at seven, really, but it's going to be interesting to see him. He's back from a minor injury, right? He's been out a while. Yeah. Starting, making his place known. Yeah. You know, he's got such a top job. I mean, we've discussed it a little bit on the podcast before, but he's so good. But you're a seven and the Italy captain and Benetton co-captain is the seven. So he has to just go above and beyond what a normal player would have to do to guarantee that starting slot. But he's got it this week. He has. And he's probably not going to get it for Italy for that very reason. On the wings, uh, Ignacio Mendy, the Argentinian flyer, and Retave, the Fijian flyer. That's interesting. And Rhino Smith at the back holding fort. They've gone for Thomas Albanoz, the Argentinian fly half, the thing that Argentina were missing at the World Cup, mm. in my opinion, was Albanoz. He's getting his shot. That's a really good point. We never talked about that, that he didn't get picked for Argentina and Argentina sort of sucked at this World Cup. Well, I think they would have done much better with him, that's for sure. And so Jacob Umanga's on the bench. He's been playing a lot. Yeah, so. yeah. Give him a bit of a rest. And Lucchese, he's getting his game time, which is so important leading into the Six Nations because he is probably going to be the Italy number two. And he's come back great as well. Him, Marin, the players who've been out injured who have come back after a long injury. He scored at the derby. He got the first try for, for Benetton. He did. He's, yeah, it's, it's looking exciting. I mean, I don't want to jump the gun and look too far ahead, we will, of course, start discussing the upcoming Six Nations, which gets us spiritually, emotionally through the gloomy January that is January. But it is coming. It's in three weeks. Mm. I will say for this that the stakes are high. If Benetton beat Newcastle, it's business as usual. If they win with a good bonus point away from home, that would be spectacular because it is still away from home. But if they lose, coach, what will it be if Benetton lose to the Newcastle Falcons this week, tomorrow? A disaster. Be an absolute shit show. It'd be disappointing, but there's no reason why we can't win that game. Which is mental because last year, we, 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 anytime we play away, we'd be like, oh, here comes the curse. Right. But now I'm like, no, yeah, the, that that should be a win. It's, a, it's amazing how well they've shrugged that curse off. I put it down a little bit to the newbies, the sort of fecateras who have come in and gone like, what do you mean you guys are scared of playing away from home? Like, just go and win. Shut up. Yeah. Get on with it. And they've Something's changed, but it's great. And now, yeah, now we're looking at Newcastle. And for some reason, everyone I speak to is so calm about it. I'm still a bit nervous. I think we will win, but I am maybe not as confident as everyone else. And even to talk no, about no. like coming away with a bonus point. Amazing. Well, this is it. I think Andy Uren will do a good job of pulling the strings there and getting Newcastle under control. Benetton are at their eighth win in a row. You guys know, it goes without saying. They're currently second of the BKT URC table, which is humongous news. Um, so their eighth win in a row. They're coming off the bat of scoring over 30 points 
in six of their seven last games, which I also, I had that stat, I thought that was mental, considering the beginning of the season, they weren't scoring anything. We did nothing. It was just defense, defense, defense that was winning us games. So the fact that when I heard that stat, over 30 points in six out of our seven last games, that's massive. So it could be a big point scoring game. Could be. Could be. I hope so. I'd love to see some tries. I'd love to see Rhino Smith yeah. run rings around everyone. I think it's going to be a, a great day for Benetton. It's going to be fantastic. Now, the other game this weekend. Zebre Palmer at home against the Dragons. That is also a massive game because Zebre Palmer are looking at getting knockout rugby in a European tournament. Let me say that again. Zebre Palmer are looking at getting knockout rugby in a European tournament. Say it again. Zebre Palmer are looking at getting knockout rugby in a European tournament after they beat Oyanax away in France. Now, let me take you through some of Zebre Palmer's results this season, just to emphasise what's going on in Palmer. They started off the season losing to Ulster by four points. And they should have won it. And they should have won. They scored 36 points and should have beaten Ulster in the first game. The second game, they lost to Ospreys away by three points, and they scored 31 points. After that, they lost quite heavily to the Vodacom Bulls, but still scored 29 points. Then they beat the Sharks. They've drawn against Cardiff. They've beaten Oyanax away. They got wind in their sails. They know what it's like to win. And now there is a rivalry between Zebre Palmer and the Dragons because they're always towards the bottom of the pile. So both of those teams go for these games. And this week, it's massive because if Zebre Palmer win, they are almost guaranteed knockout rugby in Europe. Currently, Zebre Palmer 14th in the league, Dragons 15th in the league. Points difference. Zebre Palmer on 12, Dragons on 10. That's in the BKTURC. Yeah. Obviously, this game is the Challenge Cup. But what I mean is they're looking at each other going like, right, game on. Yeah. And Zebre are looking down on them from above them in the table. That'll be a great game. That's going to be really close. It's going to be very enjoyable. Tune in and watch. That is a game that for lots of fans isn't sort of high up the billing. It's not like a Harlequins, La Rochelle game. But... For people who love rugby, yeah. that is one that's really worth watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh, I'm nervous for them because I want it so bad. I want them to get there so badly. If they win against the Dragons, I'm going to say this, going on my hyperbole train. If they beat the Dragons this weekend, you could absolutely 100% say that they have lifted the curse, they've broken the back of it, and that... They are an entirely different side to what they have been in recent years. Because that means in one season, already, just after Christmas, they will have won three games and drawn one. And we remind you, that's after a season, a 2022-2023 season, where they lost every single game. So it's huge, the development and the way they've turned it around for this year. Huge. So go and win, Zebre. We're all behind you. Coach is behind you. He's a Zebre fan through and through now. Oh, yeah. I think it would give him a massive springboard into the season. Like Eddie said, it will lift the curse. 
it's enough that if they win that, and then they've got some difficult games coming up, they've got some big dogs coming up, really difficult period. You know, they would lose those games in all probability, but still not let their heads go down because they know they what they have accomplished yeah. is already brilliant. Yeah. Again, with the Pirate Rugby podcast, guys, they, um, at the end of our chat with them, they went through the entire URC rankings and gave each team a score, basically a halftime report card for where they thought that team had done, how well they thought they'd done in the first half of the season. And Zebra got... A C. Which, considering they're third from the bottom, you know, a C is a pass. That was the highest they put on there, so they could have potentially got a B. Yeah, they couldn't... I wanted to vote for a B. Me too. I would have given them a B. Um, but that physically, they couldn't put a B up there on the pole. At the time of recording, they haven't released their squad, so we don't know who's playing. Obviously, we'll write about that on our social media channels. But very exciting. And hopefully, touch wood, this is a weekend of two Italian wins in Europe. That would be great. What else has happened in the rugby world? The under-20s played last weekend. It was a quiet week for rugby, um, at least for the rugby that we've comment on and follow. Uh, but the under-20s played friendly against France and won. Want to say that again? The Italy under-20s beat the France under-20s. The reigning world champions, the France under-20s, were beaten by the... What do they call them? The Azzurini. The Azzurini. The little Azzurri. The Azzurini. Nothing little about them. And their scrum was munching. <laughs> the French scrum, <laughs> munching it. Their line-out wasn't great and they did some dodgy things in important areas, but as a foundation, massive. Let's give Marcos Gallerini a little shout-out. We've released a video that was shared by Notizia di Rugby to us, translated it, we translated it into English because we think it's just great. He's there giving them a pre-game warm-up hype talk and you could tell that they went on to win that game. Because he told them to put 110% in. Because if he didn't tell them, they wouldn't have done it. They wouldn't. They would have put 100. And he said, don't give 100, give 110. He's like, you do your job, then you go and help your friend, and then you do even more than that. Yeah. And that's how you win against teams like France. Mm -hmm. What else have we got to talk about? We met some wonderful people this weekend. Or the weekend, whatever, ages ago now. The Derby weekend. I would like to say something. We met a couple of lovely people from Milan. And apparently I was rude about Milan. <laughs> I said the best thing about Milan is leaving Milan. But I've changed my opinion. Okay. The best thing about Milan is that we have listeners and friends in Milan. That is very nice. That is the best thing about Milan. Coach, would you agree that's the best thing about Milan, that we have um, two, well, as far as we know so far, two lovely... At least two. At least Three. two. Three, because um, oh, Phil, yeah. Phil Rugby, he's also in Milan. Yeah. So we have a couple of new friends, listeners in Milan. Would you agree that's the best thing since it was your first time in Milan? Yeah, it was great. I loved Milan and it was nice to meet people um, from Milan. And they were lovely people. They were very excited. They were um, lovely people. But why us. are you lying about Milan? Well, I liked Milan. <laughs> it has its, it's just, it was just different. It was a bit of a shock. So for context, we left Treviso on the morning of the 31st and we decided to do New Year's Eve in Milan, got the train, got off, Coach's first time in Milan, he's a religious man. I was so excited to show him the Duomo. We leave our bags, get ready for the night, 5 p.m., early evening, basically late afternoon. Get out, see the Duomo, and Coach refuses to even take a picture of it. 
Yeah, there's quite a lot of people there who I think would have liked my mobile phone. Yeah, it was. We'll just leave it at that. It was It was that area. That time was a little bit sketchy. A little bit sketchy. It wasn't sketchy the day after when we went back. No. But on New Year's Eve, that area was a little bit sketchy. Phil Rugby told us it would be sketchy, so we moved on and had a lovely New Year's Eve by the canals. Yeah, the bars we went to were great, very strange, but in a good way strange. They loved um, Oasis. They loved, <laughs> yeah, they loved Brit... Brit pop, could you so call it he. that? I guess Coach not. loves Oasis. Not that much Oasis. Yeah, I heard one of the stupidest things I'd ever heard, which was Coach said if he had to send music to aliens to represent the human race, he would send Oasis. That's how I started my new year. I stand, well, I don't stand by it, I was drunk, but um, <laughs> they were. there is Oasis and then there was that much Oasis, which was crazy. It was like being in a Manx living room. Right, moving on. What made Coach mad? This week. I obviously flew to Italy. I was very excited for my trip as I normally am, but I am a fairly decent flyer. I'm not really bothered by flying, quite enjoy it. Um, I'm very early to the airport, very punctual. Enjoy, I enjoy the process. This isn't a a job interview. Um, I to the airport three hours early. Sorry. Yeah, I got, I, I got the wrong time. Three hours. I said hours. I was punctual, but not, not very good at reading emails. But when I got on the plane, uh, but there was a slight delay. I was, you know, in a hurry. So we had dinner plans, didn't we? We That's did. a rush to. And the pilot decided to tell us the exact problem with the aircraft, which was that the landing gear, um, the suspension had gone on it. And they were testing if they could possibly use the, the aircraft in a safe manner. And I think the word threshold was used. And that's not, that, that puts you on edge a little bit, especially when you're in a good mood. And the pilot says basically the wheel uh, might fall off or the, you won't be able to land the plane. And so they decided to test it by putting air in it. And I was sitting by the door. So for half an hour, I kept hearing just this ominous hissing sound of somebody Kind of almost like pumping up the wheel tires to make sure that we can fly. Um, and it made a lot of people nervous. And I don't know if it's a good thing or not if the pilot tells you everything in such detail. Put me off a little bit. And I think it might be an easy jet thing because on the way back, I also got another transparent pilot who said, sorry for the delay, but we've had, we had intelligence. And um, I ordered a security sweep of the whole plane. <laughs> just as we were closing the doors as he was apologizing by the way this plane might blow up um uh, so that was great that one. no well, i thought i'd save it for this one but yeah i think it's an easy jet thing they're very they, they are um what's very the honest and open transparent very honest very transparent the good times airline yeah well you know what coach better that they checked everything than you being on that plane and the door blowing off well that's true which has happened it has happened recently i know that's why i said it ah well i I thought it was coincidental i didn't know you read the news security sweep of the plane i um when i got off my plane yesterday the right as you come off the plane there was five policemen just like stood right off the plane being like, passports, passports, and then being like, no, women, you're fine. Men, all men have to show us your passports. So clearly somebody on that plane thought they got away with it. Yeah, it seems to be a bit chaotic. This is why I normally fly private. <laughs> it reminds me of the time on our last trip when you freaked out because 
you didn't have to go through passport control landing in Italy. Yes, I managed to get through the Italy border control. Don't know if you want to mention this, but no, you're fine. Yeah, he's just... freaking out. He's still <laughs> freaking out about it. <laughs> that was no, they the dropped plane, us off at the wrong, the wrong the pl- port. The plane went to the domestic section rather than the international section, so there was no proper passport control. I mean, there probably still was, but he was freaking out about it for weeks afterwards. And it, while he's we were freaking on the trip... out about it now, he doesn't yeah. want to mention. No, it. I, we were... just like, well, I invent, I, I. Entered the country illegally. <laughs> but that's not your fault. You didn't like show up on your own. The, I just, I was just being a good citizen. But of, he spent of, the whole the trip that we were away being like, guys, I've got to get back to that airport. I need to make sure that they check. My, I need to get there plenty of time. Make sure that you know. At least three hours. At least three hours. <laughs> and that's what made Coach mad this week. guys we will be better at this so we're back into proper rugby weekends now so we will be recording and releasing usually tuesdays will be our release date where possible tuesday or wednesday um we promise to be better at it we've been a bit slack and our next episodes will have more rugby rugby content because we will have just watched the game it's gonna be a good weekend it's gonna be a good weekend starting tomorrow please like follow rate us five stars we are so excited that we have now officially over 1000 followers on instagram thank you so much to everybody who started following us double it tell everyone you know tell everyone and anyone tell your parents mates tell your kids mates tell them all tell them all <laughs> i feel like kids nowadays like seven-year-olds have instagram just get, get them to just click follow on spritz and scrums yeah we've got it all we've got Instagram, Twitter, we even got the TikTok. I've been adding to the TikToks. Coach is now a content creator. Cat cut wizard, they call me. So in honor of reaching 1000 followers, we released a video of Coach celebrating. Um, it's something that we forgot to do months and months ago when we had Jacob Umaga on the podcast. He didn't believe that Coach could do a front flip. And I said, look, I have proof, I will release it. And then I forgot. So in honor of reaching this milestone, that's out there. It's coach front flipping. And New Year, New You, if you get rid of that gout, I mean, you'll be doing triple front flips and back flips come June time. I'll be a gymnast. That's the plan. But yeah, if you want to see a 17 stone man do a front flip and you've never seen that before, well, you're in luck. It's on our socials. <laughs> a poor man's Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> a freak show. Modern day freak show. Go in and go and have a watch. Thank you for listening. We'll be back early next week, we promise. Have a lovely weekend. Enjoy the rugby. Arrivederci. Ciao. Ciao. Ciao a tutti.